Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. With us today is Cardinal Edwin O'Brien, who is the former Archbishop of Baltimore, and right now he is the Grand Master of the Equestrian Order of the Holy Sepulchre of Jerusalem, based in Rome, just steps from St. Peter's Square. Welcome. Your Eminence. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for the opportunity to, to speak about our work. Well, last night uh, you were in uh, Washington for a, a dinner for Bethlehem University, mm-hmm. which does a lot of work in the Holy Land. What was that about? Bethlehem University is an extraordinary jewel in the Holy Land. It's uh, closed in by the wall uh, that is Israel built, so. It's not accessible to all who would like to attend, especially Arabs and Muslims and, Cat- and Catholics of the Arab world. Uh, it's run by the Brothers of the Christian Schools, most American, but uh, Brother Bray is Australian. And uh, they provide uh, higher education for several thousand uh, young people, uh, mostly Arab and Muslim. Uh, to give them some opportunity, some hope uh, for the future of their lives. It's, 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 it's uh, an institution that uh, all parts of that Holy Land would like to uh, take part in, but they can't because of the restrictions. Mm-hmm. But I've been there several times. Whenever I go to the Holy Land, I always want to go to the Bethlehem University because it's so positive, so much hope there, and there's so much um, uh, collaboration an understanding between Muslim and Catholic. Uh, and it's due to the sacrifices of, the, of that staff and the, and the brothers that, uh, that operated, the great, great sacrifice. And it's supported uh, largely by American funding. And so last night they had a, uh, a dinner to recognize those who are especially generous in supporting Bethlehem University, and to attract new members uh, to, to the to the cause, and I was happy to be an honoree there and uh, uh, to tell those good folks how much uh, the, the the Holy Land on all sides of the political spectrum uh, should should thank them and recognize them for the works of peace that they're doing and harmony that they're bringing every day into that land. Mm. You mentioned that you visited the Holy Land a number of times, and that's part of your connection with the Equestrian Order, and whose job it is really to support the churches and the people in that area. What's going on in in that region that that the Order is supporting these days? Well, we're only about 2% Christian. We had been 10% way back, and we speak of Christians, not just Catholics, because the great uh, ecumenical cooperation there with Orthodox Christians and Protestant Christians and Catholics. In one sense we take the lead, uh, although we're uh, really a minority, Um, but uh, our order supports the Diocese of Jerusalem, we call it the Patriarchate of Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. 
and uh, through our 30,000 members around the world, we contribute about uh, $15 million annually to take care of the, the, the schools, once again, half or even more not Catholic. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, parishes, 60 parishes, and humanitarian aid. The, 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 the territory includes Jordan, Israel, and Palestine, or the West Bank. Mm -hmm. And there are various needs in various places. Jordan is very positive. Uh, the West Bank, of course, Palestine is very divided, uh, and it's there that they need most of our help, and they receive most of our help. And most of the leadership, even uh, Muslim leadership, many of the Muslims have been educated in Catholic schools. And once again, the contribution of uh, our Catholic Church and our Catholic people uh, shows itself very subtly but with great strength and great effect in keeping alive uh, these uh, essential uh, uh, areas of, um, of relative freedom in worship, in education, and in humanitarian aid. You've talked in the past, when, when we've talked about this, that the Catholics are a minority of a minority, uh, with that Christians being only a couple of percent and Catholics only being a portion of that. You've also talked about the people there being the living stones of the church, that we have these buildings that are, that are important and, and certainly integral to, to things that happen in our faith, but the people there are the ones that you're supporting really mm -hmm. in this. Yes. Yeah. What's what's the importance of supporting the people in in their lives? Well, some of the people have no other option. Uh, those with any kind of resources have left. Those who can find jobs elsewhere have gone, and so uh, the church is the, the major uh, private employer through our schools and our parishes. It gives uh, employment to those who otherwise would not have it. It's the major private sector of education. Uh, and for health care. Uh, and so the, the, uh, the, 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 the minority of the minority is really a majority of, of the, uh, the citizens, worldwide citizens, who take great interest in keeping the Holy Land alive with people. It's mm -hmm. not a museum, living people. And we encourage pilgrimages. Every week we have, we have like 40 different uh, lieutenancies throughout the world. Uh, every week we have a, a 60, rather 60 lieutenancies from 40 countries. Uh, virtually every week we have a group there, uh, pilgrimages, and they go not just to the holy places, but they visit the the, the, the uh, parishes and the uh, uh, institutions that are are alive because of the contributions of the members of our order. And so we encourage uh, living stones, not just. The, those who are living there and have no out, no escape, uh, but we, it comes alive when our people uh, show solidarity and gain new strength in their desire to help in an ongoing way, and that is what does happen. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the 60 lieutenancies around the world. A big part of your job is to travel around and visit some of those people. Right. Wherever your travel's taken you. And oh, Lord. Uh, I guess the past uh, the past ten weeks, I've been in eight different countries. Oh my goodness! <laughs> in Spain, in uh, Mexico City, in Sweden, and Denmark, uh, in uh, uh, Luxembourg, uh, certainly Italy. We have a major component there that we serve, um, and it's a it's a, a means of encouraging our membership to. Uh, 
to stay strong in their commitment. I guess when a, the Cardinal visits, it's a, it's a special moment. Mm-hmm. And it's a special moment for me, too, because I, I, I'm, I'm not a pastor in the strict sense anymore. I'm, I don't have a diocese. I don't have a parish. Uh, but the people in the Holy Land and our members worldwide who are so attached to the Holy Land through our order are kind of my, my flock, and I, I get great spiritual uh, profit from that, and most grateful to God for the opportunity to serve in this way. Mm-hmm. You've been serving in this role for uh, was it just about five or six years now, right? Eight, eight, years, eight years now. Who's, who's counting? But I, <laughs> I do. Yeah. You do, yeah. And we were sorry to see you go, but it was it was really neat to have you yeah. get this uh, this role, which then takes your ministry worldwide. Yes. Um, in so many ways. How is that that different to serve this worldwide parish or this worldwide order than back when you were Archbishop here or Archbishop of the military? Well, the the military was a worldwide military for 10 years as well as as, as Archbishop. Uh, The challenges are very different, obviously. Uh, I give great uh, uh, great admiration for uh, Archbishop Laurie and uh, the pastors and the religious and the people here for the challenges they're facing every day. Uh, I don't face those challenges anymore. Mine are are less uh, less burdensome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm treated well wherever I go. I travel well. Uh, I, I have the support of the Holy Father and uh, and and of the various bishops in, in the various countries I, I visit. So I I would say I have very few burdens except to uh, my worry and concern that uh, the people in the Holy Land are served as they should be served. Well, we're talking today with our, with Cardinal Edwin O'Brien, who is Grand Master of the Order of the Holy Sepulchre of Jerusalem, and our former Archbishop of Baltimore. And you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. We'll be back in a moment. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. A long-anticipated project to convert a dilapidated building into a pro-life pregnancy resource center right next to Planned Parenthood in downtown Baltimore is getting new life after stalling for more than a year for lack of resources. Carol Clues, executive director of the Center for Pregnancy Concerns, said an anonymous donor made a very substantial contribution that has allowed her nonprofit organization to resume renovations to the building. Archbishop William E. Lurie is expected to bless and dedicate the building as early as July of next year. The center, which will become only the second pro-life pregnancy resource center in the city, will provide free sonograms and counseling. It will also offer referrals for material assistance, job training, housing, and more. The Center for Pregnancy Concerns is a Christian organization that operates four other pro-life pregnancy resource centers in the Baltimore metropolitan area. They include one at St. Anne in East Baltimore and another at St. Rita in Dundalk. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Archbishop Fulton Sheen will be beatified December 22nd at a ceremony held at the Cathedral of St. Mary of the Immaculate Conception in Peoria, Illinois. He is best known for his 1950s and 60s television show, Life is Worth Living. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. The football teams from Calvert Hall College High School and Loyola Blakefield meet for the 100th time this Thanksgiving Day, November 28th at 10 a.m. The big game will be held at Johnny United Stadium at Towson University. For coverage, be sure to check out the Facebook and Twitter pages of The Catholic Review. From the newsroom of The Catholic Review... I'm George Matisek.
Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. We're talking today with Cardinal Edwin O'Brien, who is Grand Master of the Order of the Holy Sepulchre of Jerusalem, the Equestrian Order of the Holy Sepulchre of Jerusalem and former Archbishop of Baltimore. It's an equestrian order. Do you get a horse as part of the deal? No, that's a constant joke. But <laughs> I don't know how to answer it, but yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen a horse in a while. You haven't seen a horse in a while. Tell us a little bit more about the work that the 30,000 members of the, of the order do around the world. Well, there are 35 uh, men and women, we could say knights and dames or knights and ladies, mm -hmm. in 40 different countries. And they are all uh, practicing Catholics, they become members of the order through their local pastors, their pastor and their bishop, and they're approved by the Holy See, by the Secretary of State, each member is, mm -hmm. uh, because it's a papal order, and only the Knights of Malta and the Knights of the Holy Sepulchre come directly under the Holy Father. Mm -hmm. And it shows the Holy Father's interest since, special interest since 1847 when we, when we were formed in uh, keeping alive the Christian faith in the Holy Land. because it's, uh, uh, the, the faith has always been under pressure and under persecution, uh, and it's uh, too easy to abandon. Uh, and those who are who remain there are are courageous, and they need encouragement and the show of solidarity that our order and members of our order, thirty thousand as you mentioned, and also other groups, uh, Protestant and Orthodox groups are uh, are, sh are showing. Uh, in order to, to keep the faith alive there, the Christian faith alive in the Holy Land. Holy Land consists, as I think we've mentioned before, of uh, Israel and Jordan and Palestine, the West Bank. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, we're less than 2%, Catholics are less than 2%, uh, and Christians are barely more than that. And so they are looking for outside 
assistance to uh, get the necessities of their faith and of their life, of employment and, mm -hmm. and uh, education. And once again, I, at least half of our members are, are not Catholic, and we say we are doing what we're doing, not because they are Catholic, but because we are. And we as, as followers of Christ have an obligation to serve those most in need of whatever background, whatever religious uh, uh, tradition they have. And, and we're recognized, I think, pretty widely as a cause for peace and, and uh, uh, promoters of justice because we're credible. We are on the ground and our, our, uh, our works are seen and are great uh, in uh, uh, giving hope to the minorities that, uh, that look to us and can find help nowhere else. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because when you talk about that, I had the privilege of visiting the Holy Land uh, in 2010, and you kind of think about the people who are living there and you think, well, they live so close to these holy sites, they must... They must just absorb that in their through their skin through osmosis, and yet to hear you say that that there's a need for for education in the faith there, mm -hmm. it's it's kind of interesting to to hear that from yeah. you. When you talk about bringing that kind of education in addition to the the other services, is it is it easier to do in the Holy Land because you can say this is where Jesus walked, this is where the apostles walked? Does that make it any easier? Oh, I think if for. Um, Christians who travel there, and we do support the pilgrimages and encourage our members are expected to make a pilgrimage regularly. Uh, but uh, they go and are uh, just uh, strengthened and made and come back with a great enthusiasm uh, in, in, in first-hand experience of uh, what uh, what goes on uh, in continuation of the life of Christ. Uh, things that Christ did while he walked this earth in those very few years I hope the church continues to do uh, through healing, through uh, uh, peacemaking and, and uh, advocating for, for the least, the, the poor and, and the needy. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, I think, what pumps up people up when they, when they come back and they want to go back. And it's, it gives great hope to those who are still there to see the solidarity, but it's also a sign of the great grace for, uh, for our, ourselves who are not just visitors, but pilgrims. Uh, pilgrims. Mm -hmm. I want to change gears just a little bit and talk to you. We've just commemorated Veterans Day here in the U.S. As a former Army chaplain, as the former Archbishop of the military, what does Veterans Day mean for you, and what does it mean to be uh, to be a veteran yourself, to be and and to have served with the Arch Archdiocese for the military for so long? Well, I have great admiration. Uh, for the uh, for the military, I guess eighteen of my years as as a priest and bishop, in some way or other, have directly been in direct service to the men and women of our armed forces, and it's a it's a community of of uh, selfless generosity. Uh, you th you th you could thank uh, some troop, some soldier, some sailor, and and say thanks for what you're doing, and they kind of are puzzled. What do you mean? This is. This is what we're made of. This is what I'm expected to do. This is what I'm, I'm grateful to be able to do. And that, that, self, that culture of selfless giving, giving up your lives, not just for your friends, but for those you don't even know far away, as Christ said, give up your life for friends. And, and our, our kids are doing it day after day in faraway places with very little recognition. 
but I'm doing it willingly and joyfully uh, with all the, the, the struggles involved. And f for me, to be able to witness that firsthand and encourage them and to uh, benefit from that example and from, from that spirit uh, has, uh, for those years, has always been a, a privilege that, that remains. And I am always uh, grateful on November 11th and other times of the year when, when the military is recognized as, as a cause for peace. When I got back from Vietnam uh, back in the mid-70s, the military was not held in very high esteem. They did what they were supposed to be doing. But now it's quite different, I think, and I'm so pleased to see that the military is very high on the list of favored uh, uh, communities in the United States, as well they should be. Mm -hmm. And even all the more reason for these people who are in far-flung parts of the world to need pastoral support, to need yes. chaplains. Yes. Oh, we're, we're in desperate need of, of chaplains. We should have probably uh, 500 Catholic chaplains. We're down below 100 right now in the three major armed services. And that worries Archbishop Prodio, my, my successor. Uh, when I was Archbishop, we had maybe maybe 120 chaplains, but I'd get letters from mothers in Afghanistan or Iraq and say, my, my son has not seen a priest and had a mass in six months. Where, where, where are the chaplains? Where are the priests? Uh, They're there in so, such few numbers that it's difficult, almost impossible to cover all of them, but they do their best. Mm -hmm. What's it like for you to live in Rome? Uh, just steps from St. Peter's Basilica. Your your office and your and your residence aren't that far apart, so you get to probably walk through St. Peter's Square just about every yeah, day. That's right. That's right. No, it's it's a it's an opportunity and a uh, an experience that I never never tire of. As I say, oh, just about every day I'll pass St. Peter's uh, outside and stop and look at that that structure and say a prayer of thanksgiving and a prayer of uh, for the Church Universal, and thank God for the uh, the Holy Father and the activities that go on within the Vatican uh, to keep the Church one, to keep the Church effective on the grassroots level throughout the world. And so it's a it's a symbolically and uh, experientially for me, it's a it's it's a unique privilege uh, which I'll, uh, I'll 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 savor as long as the Lord gives me life. Mm -hmm. Are you involved also still in any other congregations? I know for a while you were you were on various dicasteries. Yeah, I, I was, and I'm still with the, the uh, Congregation for Oriental Churches because uh, the uh, Eastern Catholic Churches and the Orthodox Churches are uh, uh, served in one way or other by by the uh, Holy Father through this through this congregation, and since uh, I am involved very much in uh, the, the Middle East where there are many Eastern Catholics uh, and Orthodox. Uh, Holy Father has given me the, the, the permission to stay on beyond my 80th birthday, which is normally the, the last time you can uh, serve on a congregation. And usually it's the last time you can serve actively in, in a role on behalf of the Holy Father. But there again, he wished me a happy birthday when I turned to 80 and asked how the, how the, the uh, Order is going. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, "Are there many?" I said, "There are many, and they're holy." And he was pleased to hear that because they are are, are people of very strong in their faith, and uh, that faith uh, is multiplied many times over when they when they put that faith into action on behalf of the of the Holy Land. And he asked you to stay on for a while. Yes. Yeah. Of course, I said yes. It's great. It's <laughs> of course, great. he said yes. I like to travel, and I like the people I'm serving with, 
and uh, it's I'm, I'm thank God I'm fairly healthy and uh, enthused still about the work that I'm doing. So I'm grateful for the opportunity. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. We've been talking with Cardinal Edwin O'Brien, who is the Grand Master of the Equestrian Order of the Holy Sepulchre of Jerusalem. We're talking with him up at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen here in Baltimore, where he has a residence. So you always have a place to stay. Yeah, and Baltimore that. can always be home for you. I'm grateful for that, very much so. I'm grateful for Archbishop Laurie and Monsignor Boy. I feel very much at home when I come back. Good. Well, we're glad to have you. Thanks so much for being with us. This is Chris Gunty, and you've been listening to Catholic Baltimore. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks, and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our blessed mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.